What's going on guys? Welcome to People Playing Games. This is a very special bonus episode. I am joined by my dear friend and colleague, Mr. Henry T. Casey. He is a tech journalist by day and a esteemed wrestling journalist by night, occasionally. Uh, so Henry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. A uh, longtime listener, first time caller, guest. I like it. I like it. Glad to have you on finally. And uh, we're here for a very special reason. Basically, we're going to talk about fighting games, which is my big passion, and of course, pro wrestling, which is your big passion, and kind of how the two have been just intersecting and becoming ever so entwined lately, and just the really cool parallels between the two. Uh, before we get into that, uh, Henry, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, as you said, um, tech journalist is how I make the living, how I spend that living lately is on the guilty pleasure slash art that is professional wrestling. Um, I've gone across this country for it, um, to Los Angeles, uh, specifically Reseda, California, and I've been sort of head and sort of like very deep in the weeds lately, but lately we've had even more to talk about just memes are fun, but the thing is we've had a lot to talk about because my, my peanut butter has been getting onto your jelly. That's a great way of putting it. A lot of mixing of, of, uh, delicious fluids and, uh, <laughs> condiments. Uh, uh, yeah, take that, take that as you will. But, you know, before we, we talk about this beautiful mixture of, uh, fighting games and wrestling, I'm going to ask some of the questions I asked all my guests here. So kick things off. First game you ever played? That would have probably been Mario, like um, Super Mario. Or what was the one that was just like the level one one? Or no, Super no, Mario. Yeah, Super, Super Mario. Mario That's probably NES. that. Or when he gets Donkey Kong, where you're climbing up the ladders and you're dodging the barrels because it was. I don't know whether what came first, either country fairs where there would be the arcade machine that I'd lose quarter after quarter to, or that one fateful night when my dad brought home a Nintendo Entertainment System. And, yeah, uh, the screen grabbed me. Yes, that's a great story. And that, of course, explains your current passion for ladder matches. Just <laughs> climbing the Donkey Kong ladder. I mean, Braun Strowman is the Donkey Kong of our generation. <laughs> so what's your favorite game of all time? Favorite game of all time? Well, I, a recency bias is something I can be accused of with this answer. Because lately, I would say when you reach the zenith of storytelling and... and not the best gameplay ever, but definitely an evolution of its franchise. Uh, Persona 5 is a game that I just sank all of the time into. Um, and that would be the game that I would say lately, if I had to say favorite game of all time, it would be that. But NFL Blitz 64, if I had to go back to college, that would have been the game. Um, never a wrestling game. Pro wrestling games were never what I would have put. That was going to be my next question, specifically for you. What is the best wrestling game ever? No Mercy for the N64 is one of the, I've heard, two correct answers. Um, there's a SmackDown game or something, or WCW, NWO, Revenge. Those were good. Say, all of the, uh, I forget the developer, but all of those N64 games yeah. by that one developer, WrestleMania 2000 was yeah, probably my yep. favorite. But no, was, no Mercy was basically a better version of that. Dig, dig, diggity dog. Yeah, those are the games. Um and I'm excited about Fire Pro World coming to PlayStation 4 this summer. Um, hopefully, I think that franchise should make it onto the Switch eventually. It really uh, the should. The DLC will be, might be... I don't know how they're going to arrange that, but... It's... The two-player mode especially is really uh, Joy-Con enabled. It would yeah. be perfect. So we're going to talk about 
uh, perfect jumping off point. We're just talking about wrestling games. We're going to talk about first kind of some of these kind of awesome crossover events that have been happening between fighting games and wrestling. And then later on, just kind of, you know, the bigger parallels between the two. So, of course, I think the big thing going on right now, or that just went down, was the big match between Austin Creed and Kenny Omega and kind of the feud. I mean, this has actually been basically three years in the making. Uh, these guys had their first match, I think, two years ago at CEO 2016, um, where they played Street Fighter Five, talked a lot of smack, and then Kenny won. They had a rematch the next year. I think Austin won. So, of course, E3 2018, they had to have the rubber match. But not just it wasn't just any rubber match. They made it a three-on-three because a trios match, as it's called in pro wrestling, if you dig deep enough or just look past the WWE, is the best way to have as many combustible elements as possible. And in this case, Xavier Wood brought in his brothers Kofi Kingston and Big E, formerly Langston, of The New Day, um, to face Kenny Omega's compatriots, who he recently had reunited with, the the Young Bucks, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. And it's funny because before the match, the Young Bucks said, oh, yeah, we were great at Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yeah, edition. yeah. We were the best in our very small hometown arcade. Rancho Cucamonga, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really interesting. So it was, it was a really exciting event. I didn't get to watch it in person. I had already left E3 by then, but we both watched the stream the youtube archive and it kind of it kind of gave you the best of both worlds because they were literally playing street fire 5 you know doing a team battle but you had you know the promos and the trash talk i think uh tasty steve the host actually caught a sweet chin music from uh one of the young bucks I forget super who. kick party from yeah. possibly both like i i was laughing pretty hard throughout that when they were basically going full gimmick on that it was it was really funny um but yeah, it was just such such an entertaining little event. Uh, or some, any highlights f- from you for that? Um, well, the format of it were, was three one-on-one matches, and then to the, like best of three. Okay, it made a lot of sense because Street Fighter Five. It's sure. Like, huh. Yeah. yeah. It's all dove. Like I, I don't think Capcom could have been convinced to make this mode for them, but it was the perfect. It was a great thing. showcase of. Yeah, it, it was a. The perfect way to show it off, which is why it was the main event of that day at E3, I believe, at uh, the Street Fighter at the Street Fighter booth. booth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just sort of really loved how much they made it about. Like, okay, let's dial back here for a second. The New Day is a WWE uh, faction. The Elite, which is the name of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, is an on again, off again, at times broken New Japan faction slash Ring of Honor group. Um, they had just gotten back together the previous weekend um, after... Okay, I'm going to be talking in wrestling terms No, go, here, so, go deep here. No, 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 give give us the lore. Okay, um, the Young Bucks had separated from Omega when Omega was sort of kicked out of the Bullet Club, kind of, but not really. Who knows? Um, but the weekend before this match... Kenny Omega uh, did what many were not prepared or expecting him to do. Uh, we be the first Gaijin American yeah. in many, many, many years who won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which is the main cha- title of New Japan. And New Japan and WWE are like, well, Microsoft and Nintendo are actually getting along. Yeah, for I mean, that's not a so great. right now. Well, yeah, that's I'd a t- good. That's actually a good yeah. analogy right so now. This yeah. Is, like YouTube is this? YouTube, they existed in, in in harmony on YouTube for right. one fateful ad to rip Sony, and you had these two trios um, working together 
outside of their companies. And that, and that this, was pretty much unprecedented, right, for these two these two organizations? It doesn't make it. Well, it's, it's outside of those organizations' purview. They have – it was hosted on Up, Up, Down, Down, Xavier right. Woods, Austin Creed's YouTube channel. But – sorry to butt in here, but – Well, actually me. <laughs> I did what well, – what I thought was interesting, because yes, it existed on Up, Up, Down, Down. It was, you know, obviously a gaming thing. Um, but I do remember the WWE putting out a news release like, "Hey, Austin Creed and Kenny Omega will face off in Street Fighter Five. Like they straight up acknowledge Kenny Omega, and oh, that's that yeah. seemed like a big deal. Well, yeah, at least to, to it, the wrestling no, fans that I know. It was WWE.com that weekend had a blog post. They had a few actually, from the second that the Kenny Omega and Austin Creed. And partners of their choosing to be named later was announced, which d- was a part of the Street Fighter V Cody tease, if I remember it, correctly. It, ha- it, was, it happened around the, around the same time. Yes, it was basically hinted, so to uh, get a little geeky here. Uh, you know, a little. A little geeky. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it was kind of an Easter egg that led to the match. So, of course, you know, Cody is the next DLC character coming to Street Fighter Five. It's it's long been known that that's Kenny Omega's favorite character from previous games. So Capcom did a really awesome thing, and in the reveal trailer for Cody, they let Kenny Omega play him, but in just a really corny, hammy, excellent live action, yeah. not voiceover, like acted out bit. And then on the phone was Austin Creed, aka Xavier Woods. Yes, and so then WWE.com is promoting this. Everybody's yeah. just like. And then around that same weekend, uh, a Kenny Omega match was added to WWE Network's Classics Hidden Gems library. Oh, that's right. And so it's like this huge, wait, this is, wait, how, what? Everybody's sort of like scratching their heads going, but I mean, long has it been claimed that WWE.com's editorial work is independent Hmm. of WWE's creative department. Um, They have to answer to the company. They do something wrong, but they act in their own accord. So... Of course, content rules everything around me, or us in this case. So they made the posts over and over again. Every time when uh, Austin announced that Big E and Kofi were joining him, when Kenny announced that the Young Bucks were joining him, um, it was they constantly promoted it because what what is E3 and what is pro wrestling if not promotion? Yeah, hundred percent. It's all a big spectacle, uh, which sums up wrestling and sums up the world of fighting games. So back to the actual match. I think I think the actual three on three. I believe the New Day won that. Um, well, Austin sort of pulled a fast run, Kenny, because yeah. he was. It was. Uh, it started off with one of the Bucks against Kofi. Yes, and then uh, I believe it was Kenny against um, Kenny went against a Big, Big e, e in the second yeah. chapter, and they split those two matches. Yeah, but Kenny uh, Kenny was freaking out. Like, no, no, no. You're not going to play me? This is us, Creed. This is us, Woods. Like, what? And then Xavier Woods went up the floor with the remaining buck of youth of course. in the third chapter. So that's when things got interesting. Yes, they did. Uh, you, of course, you couldn't leave off on that. The whole hype of this match was these two titans colliding and, you know, Austin and Kenny getting their big rubber match. So after that, uh, I, I believe Kenny called Austin out and they, they did a first of five, just the two of them. Um, and as an added bonus, Kenny was playing as Cody for the first time, you know, anyone seeing this character. He asked like somebody to uh, somebody to go and get the flash drive yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah. to inject it. He had to go get the special copy. Yeah. And he played it. He played Cody and I believe a heretofore unseen gold outfit which yes. is a 
possibly a part of the game. Probably, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's that's. But a the hidden thing. added level of uh, reference was that Kenny and the Young Bucks just recently joined and to create a new faction, a new group with Kota Ibushi, uh, who is one of the things that like, makes Kenny incredibly unique in the world of pro wrestling. He's one of the few openly bisexual male pro wrestlers, and Abushi is referenced constantly as one of his lovers, mm-hmm. or because their tag team the Golden, is the Golden Lovers. Yep. Um, so when the Young Bucks and Kenny formed a new faction with Kota Ibushi, it was called the Golden Elite. So the hidden little layer, which is what both fighting games and wrestling, I think, also love is inward references that we all call back to and know is, oh, he's a golden Cody as a part of the golden elite. Like, they they knew what they were doing. Yeah. It was great. And, you know, the actual match was great because they're both pretty good. I think Kenny, Kenny is a little bit better. Yeah. He takes his Street Fighter really seriously. But, of course, Austin. I mean, you see him streaming, playing everything. He's, you know, he's got up, up, down, down. He's... You know, he's a great gamer and plays has, a lot of fighting games. Yeah. He has no one bay. He has many bays. Exactly. Like, he plays, he's he's a dabbler. Yeah. Um, he actually, not that long ago, I saw him last year in Brooklyn, so, uh, SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. He went to, you know, kind of the big NYC arcade where they have the weekly tournaments. He participated in the Tekken tournament. Like he's, you know, he takes this stuff seriously. Um, but I I want to say, was Kenny the one that, that ended up edging it out? Oh, Kenny won in the best of five. But, and the, the whole the stipulation was that the loser would have to eat a hot pepper a habanero i believe it was a habanero like these like bright orange habaneros that fresh out of a bag but the so kenny won but how they got to the win i thought was i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go and call somebody fake i'm not gonna go and say anything's predetermined but everything sort of sniffed and smelled as Oh, it went to ten match or it went to nine. It went to the matches. final match, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was four and four and some of the matches were so clear cleanly and easily decided that like, oh, this felt like pro wrestling. Yes. Fake, not fake predetermined. Yeah. No. Which will no, a topic we'll talk about later. But I, I, I thought the conclusion to that was excellent because you got a mix of, you know, the actual wrestling, you know, the kayfabe, if you will, yeah. them and them as their personas talking so much smack and building up this rivalry. But then at the end of it all, I think, first of all, they agreed to do the peppers together, which is great well, and hilarious. Austin was getting the cr- – because he, he's like, oh, whoever takes – whoever loses, their entire team will eat these hot peppers. Yes, yes. And then when Xavier loses, he's like, well, no, no. Kofi and Big E didn't fight in this match. It's yes. not on them. I will take – and then, so he eats one. He's, a, he, I think, he eats a second one before anybody can do anything. Yeah. And the crowd starts chanting, "Woods!" Like they start chanting, and then Kenny, being a vain, playing the role of a vain ham, of course, yeah. Like, no, no, no. I am not going to let you get become the hero of this. I will do it too. And by this point, they're both physically, like, <laughs> just retching. Yeah. Like, it's. It have looks you painful. watched Hot Ones? Like, yeah. This was it looked. It looked similar. Bad. It looked yeah. bad. Um. It was just, and then after all that, just. All the all of those crazy silliness and all these silly gimmicks. Um, it was just a really nice moment. They kind of broke kayfabe a little bit and kind of just talked about how much they respected each other and how great friends they were. And it was just an awesome conclusion to that event. And I highly suggest anyone if 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 you're trying to understand at all what we're talking about right now, watch that on YouTube because you'll you'll get the best of fighting games and the best of wrestling in, in one one match. We've explained. We've okay. I'm very spoiler averse, but even though we've spelled it the the framework the skeleton of this out for you trust me when i say 
the joy and fun of this has n we barely scratched the surface because of just the way that the co the commentary worked the match and oh, yeah. worked it up and the way the crowd is completely bought in yeah. and doing the different chants. A lot of a ton of wrestling yeah. fans there. If you look in the crowd, you will see shirts, New Day uh, shirts, for, Elite shirts, yeah, Bullet Club. Like it's no secret that Hot Topics bestsellers are <laughs> Bullet Club shirts, and that's. Part of the reason why the crowd was peppered with the black and white. Yeah, it's excellent. It, it's it's even too sweet, I would say. Yeah. So, and you and you brought me right to my next topic because you said there's going to be more of this. Literally next weekend, at the time of this recording, uh, June 29th, you know, CEO, one of the biggest fighting game tournaments in the world, known for always having a big wrestling theme. They're taking it to an all new level this yeah. year because they're doing an actual crossover event with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So some of the guys we just talked about, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, are going up against. I'm gonna need some help here, Henry. Okay. Uh, Tetsuya Naito. Yep. Did I get oh, that? Oh, yep. You got. And uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi, who is you need to see this guy in person. I, I, if you thought those the guys that you saw were kind of goofy and weird, yeah. This guy has walked around. Uh, for month, months, if not years, clutching a small stuffed cat, um, <laughs> who's, who he's named Daryl, and he calls his basically his son. And the Daryl, uh, Hiromu, and Na Naito and Takahashi, or Naito as some people pronounce, I'm not sure which is best, but they are a part of the New Japan Pro Wrestling group called Los Ingobernables de Japón, which are these Japanese pro wrestlers who have noted roots in Mexico because a lot of them came through. Um, when you're training in New Japan, you actually go on like sort of a rumspringa kind of thing, like you sojourn somewhere else to sort of learn your craft. And these guys, those two both, even they have roots in Mexico. So they're sort of, they have a luchador in their group. Like So you're saying that there's going to be a tag team of Omega and Ibushi versus... And that's going to be in street in what game? No, this, these are actual matches. That's the thing. This this is where this is where things kind of this is kind of unprecedented, even for the amount of fighting okay. game wrestling crossovers we've gotten. So basically, the Friday you know the Friday night of CEO before a lot of the tournament action kicks off, they're doing a legitimate wrestling event. Oh, so yeah, this is like this is a full on. A, there's a yeah. full fight card. There's like at least five matches. It's going down okay. at the uh, Daytona Beach Ocean Center. Oh, okay. So this, this is a yeah. part of a the West Coast trip. Okay. Yeah. So and they've because yeah CEO in the past they always you know their main stage is a wrestling ring. They've yeah. done like digital Royal Rumbles where they have like elimination matches and stuff. But no, they're, they're full on having a rest of an honest to goodness uh, pro wrestling event to kind of kick off the weekend, which is amazing. And it's it's basically the pinnacle of the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. And I think it's a if I if I know the timing on this right, I think it's time to be coincid coinciding there might be a new Japan show that weekend too. So if you're around for that, if you're gonna attend that and these personalities speak to you, they're probably gonna promote it. But yeah. like I don't think they would fly these guys out to this is California? Uh Florida. Oh, okay, then I'm wrong completely. <laughs> this is they okay, that's huge. They are flying the some of the best talent New Japan has to offer to Florida yeah. for a card that's being put on for this promotion. Yeah, it's it's big stuff. And of course, 
I mean, I'm sure I'm sure at the very least, Kenny Omega will be sticking around for the weekend to play some Street Fighter, so... Well, he has a guy who he's, like, supporting who's playing Street Fighter, right? Isn't there some... I he's, think I've so. seen he's got, like, a protege of sorts. Yeah, I know he's there. There, I think there's a player or two that he's, that he's working with, so he'll be... If you're at CEO, definitely keep an eye out for all that, and I'm sure you'll see Kenny throughout the yeah. weekend. And if you're not familiar with Omega, um, I think the easiest way to promote, to say he's worth paying attention to, is his nickname is the best, one of his nicknames is the best bout machine. He's had <laughs> some of the single most critically acclaimed pro wrestling matches of the past, well, of my lifetime. Um, yeah. Him and Kazuchika Okada have repeatedly broken Dave Meltzer's rating system. Which sort of is a marketing gimmick. Let's just—I'll just put that out there. But um, in a scale that used to be decided in a five-star system, they have now had a seven-star match. Um, and Omega is just a once-in-a-generation talent, at least, especially when he's in the ring with Okada. So, if you're not—even if you can't go out there—it's worth looking up on YouTube Kenny Omega wrestling matches. If after you watch the New Day Elite, it sparks your interest. Absolutely. So now that we've talked about CEO and E3, I kind of want to talk about the bigger picture stuff because I, I feel like you and I go through similar things and experience similar things as, you know, you being a wrestling fan, me being a fighting game fan. I think the first thing is just kind of the kind of stigma or weird comments we get from people who don't know, don't understand our hobby. You know, I'm sure you always get, oh, why are you watching wrestling? It's fake. I always get, you know, why are you watching people play video games when you could just play video games? So, yeah, what do you, what do you think about all that? I think that I find a lot of people's favorite culture on on the boring side. Yeah. Um, I I what I love about this moment in what's what the internet has done, let's say, mm-hmm. is it's made everything more accessible than before. The thought of watching a fighting game happen in Florida, when you're in New York, when you were in grade school, let's say, just getting into fighting oh, games, like that idea, like you remember that one, was it the, what was the fighting game movie? Like when like there's a tournament, or the Mario tournament, right? The Wizard. Yeah. yeah. Um, like there is stuff that just didn't seem possible until now. But now I've, when I sort of try to explain pro wrestling, actually, of all, I actually watched one of the best wrestling nights in a while, mm. uh, maybe second or third of the year this past week. Because I've never watched it before, and was sort of skeptical and everything. But uh, she's a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, and we were watching. I was sort of explaining, it's not that different from Drag Race, and it's not too different from a lot of things because these are actors who are also trained athletes who are performing a story, and they are performing a personality. Um, I would say competitive fighting game player people who are in these tournaments are not without their personality. To oh, wrong. that's a gigantic part of, of what makes the fighting game community so compelling. You've got, you absolutely have your heels and your faces. Um, and yes, sometimes there, there are definitely some people who, who maybe play it up a bit for, but for the most part that this is who these people are. Yeah. You know, there's a guy who goes by a Filipino champ. He's one of the yeah. most well-known heels in the FTCs. He's a big shit talker. Like he's that, that's his whole thing. Um, then you've got your guys like Daigo Umahara, the Japanese legend, who's just kind of this kind of untouchable god and this just really chill guy. And you've got your Justin Wongs, kind of the good guys you always want to root for. So, yeah, fighting. I'd say that's probably half the reason to to watch fighting game events. Um, a great a great thing I would say to check out for people looking to get into this stuff, uh, and it's going on right now is E League. It airs on like TBS every Friday, and they really you know they do kind of round robins every week, and it's going to 
culminate in this huge tournament but they take the time to kind of spotlight each player's personality and it's, it's produced a lot like a wrestling slash ufc event which i really appreciate and speaking of round robins this summer i believe relative if not right now if then relatively soon new japan is having its big round robin tournament the g1 um i've been grumbling like wait people can watch world cup at work and i can't watch the g1 at work like there's like this thing where tournaments play yes and that's and that's what both of these things are in pro wrestling and video games is just utterly compelling because especially with the round robin tournament half of the field gets to play the other half of the field and then that means you can save some face-offs for a later date and then you can have the two winners and it's clearly not predetermined in those tournaments right right but yeah you're right i do get these looks, these questionable looks, but then give me five minutes and I'm going to intellectualize the hell out of it. Right. And I'm also just going to talk about, like, no... You've met people, let me guess, you've met people in fighting game community. You've... It's given you... A, oh, lifelong friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I've only been back, back into watching pro wrestling relatively recently. It was like I went through a... A lot of wrestling fans go through their dark or latent or whatever, not <laughs> right, talking about right. period. And then I was channel surfing one night, and this guy was on TV, and he sort of broke the John fourth Cena. wall. <laughs> it, no, more out of nowhere. A guy who doesn't even do it anymore. A guy who was, who was uh, openly sort of done with the industry. Uh, CM Punk, uh, UFC scrub uh, to most. Um, but basically, he was breaking the fourth wall. Um just like you were talking about when at the end of uh, the the match at E3, this guy was on camera saying stuff that seemed like, that's, no, 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 you're not supposed to talk. And then I was like, okay, well, wrestling finally got a little bit postmodern, so I've, I'm not going to feel as guilty watching it myself anymore. So I got back into it. And I'm, ever since then, through podcasts, through Twitter, and actually going out there and going to shows, I've developed a community and a like, group of friends that, like, I I've never gotten that from any other mm-hmm. any other pop culture medium genre art, and um, this tomorrow night I'm going to a show. And I'm excited to see people I haven't seen in a while, and it's in a deep part of Brooklyn, so I'm getting to go to like LMB Spumoni, which is out of the way for me. But like I'm gonna be able to go to part. It, it gets you out of the house. It, it's okay. The cliche is wrestling fans are in their parents' basements, but save for gamers. Like it gets us to. Okay, Barcade is a place mm-hmm. where Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, whenever he's in a new city on the road, because wrestling, they're always on the road, they're always going everywhere, mm-hmm. he will tweet, oh, where's the arcade in town? Where's the arcade bar in town? I'm going to go and play. Exactly. And it, people will go, and there'll be a meetup, and just like, he yeah. just wants to play against people and meet people, and that's one of the things I think that's great about both pro wrestling and the fighting game world and competitive video gaming is that these are these communities where people oh sort God. of feel look down upon and cast aside and Mm -hmm. that makes them more ready to have like to be open and look for friends and most like if oh we both two people watch game of thrones they're not gonna try no that's just normal right that that's what everyone's talking about on monday at work yeah i thought there's no bond between two game of thrones fans it's normal when you finally find somebody that watches pro wrestling especially when you're like dating or something or like when you're looking like, like that's a wait you watch that too it, yeah, you make a great point that it is really special when you make that connection with someone. And yeah, to your point, I mean, I've traveled the country for video games and sometimes just for fighting games and made some of the best friends I've ever had. And even, you know, some of my 
existing friendships have gotten even stronger when friends and I have kind of gotten deeper into fighting games together um, and kind of discovered tournaments together and, and started going to our first event. So there's so much of that. And like, yeah, I, I have no, I could care less about convincing people to understand my hobby and getting them to understand why I like it. But to, to what you said before, the thing I always say is like, people say, oh, why would you watch people play video games? I mean, why would you watch people play soccer if you could just play it yourself? Like, there's still something about professional high-level competition that you can't get just in you and your backyard kicking around the soccer ball. I mean, luckily, you know, with the cool thing about fighting games, it's more accessible and, and everyone does have a chance, you know, if they put the work in. But yeah, I mean, why would you not want to watch people who are the best at what they do, whether it's backflipping off of a ladder through a table or, you know, performing a, a ridiculous combo in Street Fighter, you know? It's amazing to watch the best at work. Like, it was funny when we were watching, I was watching the uh, E3, the Trios match, um, watching most of these people play. Because mm-hmm. New Day, are, they're not, they played, they were familiar with it, but they're not at the level that it, uh, Kenny Omega is. Yes. Watching him and Austin uh, Xavier when they were at their, when you could tell that it wasn't, nobody was throwing a match. Right, right. And it was that one or two matches in their round were like, oh, this is. And that was just a, really and that was just a taste of what like you know the real pro guys yeah. do. Like in in the announcement, we're talking about spacing, and like for people like me who are sort of novices and just still sort of like on the edge of the really high level fighting game stuff, you never think about like oh, keeping a certain amount of distance between you and your opponent, and like the rhythm that you do of like trying to get in, get out. And it's sort of just like UFC or pro wrestling in a way. Like you realize that the athletes who are in competitive gaming have to do the same things that the announcers are claiming that pro wrestlers are doing when pro wrestlers are doing something that's a little bit more choreographed. Absolutely. And I wanted to touch on another thing that we have in common is that, you know, I occasionally write about esports in my spare time and work it into the day job when I can. And you obviously write about a lot of wrestling in your spare time so what's your approach to i guess your wrestling journalism what, what kind of inspires you to, to chase down stories when the story hits me like it i was talking i tweeted about this earlier about just podcasting about wrestling which i also do and writing about wrestling is that this is not a hobby or craft that one does for profit no one does these things because they are they have a story or they something engages your brain in a way that makes it so that some people say that they write because they want they're trying to figure out something like a lot of people write to get to an answer and for me with pro wrestling at times um take for example uh i think it was SummerSlam 2017 when the crowd at the barclays that whole weekend was except for one night the crowd was sort of terrible and I was, like, dealing with the sort of, like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm probably mm-hmm. not going to. This year, I'm only going to the good night of SummerSlam mm-hmm. weekend, NXT night. Yeah. Um, if you're ever looking to get looking into pro wrestling, but you just want to get the good stuff, uh, look up NXT. That's all you got to say. Um, if you want the American stuff, that is. Um, but basically, I when a subject and a particular wrestler comes across as the most interesting or engaging or thought-provoking subject, why can't... I can't not write about it. Like, as a writer for a living, you probably understand this too, the the, the, the habit kicks in. I, I've been... Um, recently, 
the last year and a half, I've been outlining a story in my head. And on Saturday, I wrote that story in the span of a day after having it gestate. Um, the in, formerly independent pro wrestler Keith Lee just signed to WWE's NXT brand, which had been rumored for months. And then when I was in New Orleans for pro wrestling, it, we sort of figured out, oh, it's happening. Like the, the dominoes fall into place and you sort of, the closer you get as a fan, the sort of more you can pick up the cues of the business side of what's going on. And I've been watching Keith Lee perform much longer than I've been really into him, but it was funny that he as a performer got a different stage, a different set of circumstances. I got I actually click, he clicked with my head, and then ever since then, if he's doing a show that I can get to, I will go. It's led me to Detroit. I mean, well, no, Livonia, Michigan. It's led me to <laughs> Rhode Island. It's led me to Massachusetts. And he, uh, when I was at Rhode Island for one of his two final independence dates, um, we have been sort of like, I've talked to him at shows. I've been sort of friendly. And he, I asked him, because I was like, you know, I've done a little bit of wrestling. I think I've done a good job of it. Why not? Why not ask? I asked him if I could like send him questions for an interview. I wanted to, I've been wanting to write about his career for a while. But I never really felt, but because the time felt right, the time of his, like he was signed to WWE and I've been going to all these shows and collecting these stories. Okay. The time is, and so I, I just went up to him. I'm like, would you be, after I had talked to him, after I bought him a shirt that day, I've been, I've like worked up the confidence because these performers, these artists are the most, the reverence I have for pro wrestlers for most of them, is incredibly high because these guys risk their body. They put their body through hell the travel year-round, being away from your loved ones so much. I was like, well, he's going to be... I had, He's about to sign a career contract with WWE. That's a career-changing decision. Absolutely. Doing an interview with somebody when WWE is a press-controlling company. Yes. I didn't even know if he would be – like, he might be contractually obligated to not do it. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. The one the one time I asked Austin Creed if I could interview him. Yeah, no. So I was like – I was like – I was like, I was, sir, um, would you be interested? <laughs> and then he was like, I'm not sure if I can. Email this stuff to me. Let me know what you think. I'll get back to you if I can find out. And then eventually he we put it together, and I sent him a – litany of questions and then i sort of got the i realized i wrote each i came up with each question based around a thing that i had seen along the way following his career and so i created a profile and it's up at cage side seats uh if you search meet keith lee and cage side seats you'll find it um meet with two e's not e-a-t correct right you are um he is a colossus of uh human um like Think uh, to sell him on to sell you guys on him for a second. Think the size of Ben Grimm, the thing, but the nimbleness of Spider Man. You put that into one person. That's Keith Lee. Um, he's also one of the most charismatic in ways that you won't expect giant pro wrestlers to be. He has a sort of gentle, humble brilliance about him. He can turn that off if he wants to be fury mode for a bit, but for the most part, he has this whole thing about him where it's this incredibly compelling soft-spokenness and so i give all that preamble to say it's you know, somebody asks, what do you how do you know it's good for pro wrestling i know it's good for wrestling when i want to write about it i know it's i know it i write about stuff when i want to like since this is hobby um also i know i'm about, i'm getting like a, sort of offers from people in pro wrestling 
on the indie scene who saw that article and they're like trying to get me to cover the people they work with. I'm like, I'll cover it if their stuff speaks to me. I'm not going to do it just for the sake of because there's so many hours in the day. Like, yeah. you know, only so many. I want to watch pro wrestling during exactly. the time. Like, you want to play games. Like, right. You know how Steam play. You know how games games have their Steam shame stack yep. of the unplayed. I have a list on my phone of about I think twenty five to thirty pro wrestling shows. Oh yeah, from European, British. Uh, sorry, yeah, all these sort of uh, uh, promotion in Germany, a promotion or two in UK, and one in Japan of like cards I haven't watched yet. The stuff I've been meaning to see, and like I gotta save time for that. I can't be writing stuff and getting paid next to nothing for it. Just because it's a favor to somebody. It's no, not gonna you happen. have to be in it. Yeah. yeah. Also, it won't show in the work. Yeah. That piece works in part because I'm... So the heart is in there. And that's the thing about Cage Side Seats that I love is that they do this mix between journalism and reporting and also fan-created content. So while I had other places I was shopping the piece, mm-hmm. it fit nowhere better than there. Yeah. And now it definitely shows in the piece, and everybody listening, definitely check it out. It's called Meet Keith Lee over on Cage Side Seats. Awesome story. And yeah, on that note, Henry, before we wrap up, while we're on the while we're pimping you out, what are any other projects you want to plug? Where can people follow all the cool stuff you do? And what is your favorite place to get tacos? In that order. That in that order. Okay. So starting with where stuff on a plug. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's start how the, how the day, uh, the time of day, the hours in the day go. Um, some, once a month or so, very, very, it's not as often as it once was, but at early in the morning I will wake up and walk in and find a place, find this microphone that we're talking into now. And um, Ring Post is a podcast I do with uh, Dave Tack of Polygon and Mike Hurley of Relay FM, and we talk about you guessed it, pro wrestling. Um, Mike is over in the UK, and he's extremely elated that um, WWE just announced in NXT UK a new promotion, which is its own championships and everything. Um, it's a global art, I will just say that. Um, then, after that's over, I walk across the room. I, I, I lift up my standing desk, and I uh, make the content... Uh, over at tomsguide.com and laptopmac.com. I've heard of that place. Yeah, places that you're familiar with, and I believe some of your uh, past guests have had ex- one at least, at least one uh, had some experience yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Howling one. Man. Yes. Um, but basically, that's uh, the stuff that I do that is pluggable, aside from occasionally writing for Cage Side Seats um, when the uh, moment strikes. Um, and then that's pr- um, Twitter, at Henry T. Casey. Pretty much all social media at, at Henry T. Casey. Um, make it easy is one thing I've figured out over the years. Um, and uh, I believe that's about my uh, all the things plugs. So, yes, tacos. Um, if I wanted to go get tacos after this, I was talking about this a couple days ago. Uh, the fried fish tacos over at the La... Where are those? Okay, La Esquina is the way that's not what I'm talking about. They're... Taco shells are a little flimsy, but, um, oh, oh, man, this is going to kill, uh, the, so the best tacos, it's this chain, it's sort of spreading around the city, um, one of them is on, uh, this is, this is, this is torture. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard when you're on the but spot. But so, yeah, if I wanted to get tacos after this, what I'd do is I'd go to Dos Toros, because we have one by the office, 
It's um, not, a, not a bad option. I noticed that the Test Kitchen Chipotle has a avocado tostada right now, so there's that. Um, but okay, here's the here's the hint. Uh, Barrio Chino is a place on Broom and Orchard in the Lower East Village in New York. That's the not that well known of the mall. Um, they have uh, the tilapia is good there. Uh, the Alpa store though is their winner. Um, I think I've plugged enough other taco places. Uh, now I'm just really hungry. Now I'm ready to go get some tacos. But Henry, thanks so much for doing this with me. I've been wanting to do this for a long time because I feel like we're always IMing each other about crazy fighting game wrestling crossovers and silly memes. I feel like I'm. I feel like I appreciate wrestling again because of you, uh, which is great. And I've sort of understood fighting games a little bit more because of you. Yeah. Um, like I wouldn't probably have picked up Dragon Ball Fighter Z if it weren't for our talks and like just sort of what I love about both of these cultures is that the way that the internet and its short burst videos and gifs and both wrestling and fighting games have a meme they yeah. they sort of tr- <laughs> there's definitely a, me- a shared meme language. Yeah, they they both tend to are because their language is very obvious. They can be easily stories and moments can be encapsulated very easily in memes. And sometimes you can't tell the difference between the two. Um, I sent you one last night. There's like these people are drunk at a party, and this girl has this other girl over her head. <laughs> oh, it was and, incredible! Like, power bombs her down yes. onto this like hard plastic, white plastic <laughs> cable, and the girl doesn't really. She just sort of falls <laughs> off of it. And at the time, okay, that's sort of wrestling, but it's also like, you think I can't tell you which culture they were influenced by yeah. because, yeah. There is so much of a shared language. Yep, yep. It's so true. But yeah, this has been awesome. And guys listening at home, as always, this has been People Playing Games. You can find us everywhere podcasts are available. Definitely follow Henry's stuff, The Ring Post, at Henry T. Casey. Occasionally on Cage Side Seats. Usually on Tom's Guide with me on the day-to-day. And that's about it. Uh, As always, guys, keep listening, keep playing, and just don't put your friends through a table unless they explicitly tell you it's okay. And make sure the table is gimmicked. Like, (laughs) sort of break it first. That's the only way that's at all safe. Don't trust what New Japan does with those hard oak-looking tables. That's not safe.